When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yes, hello and welcome to the Summer Run Home. It is Thursday, the 11th of January. For those of you that are bothering to look at the calendar, not me, I've been on holidays for the last month and uh, I'm well and truly underprepared for this afternoon. So everything and anything could go wrong. Uh, it is good afternoon to Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, uh, listeners all across the SN network. Uh, let's, uh, let us know where you're listening around the world. Shoot us a little, uh, what is it, a little text there, Mark? What can they do? They can... Give us a call or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy one three one or text us zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Big shout out to the Run Home Podcast listeners on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Yesterday was me old mate Barney and Philpy. I'm assuming massive numbers on their podcast. Mark, huge. Jaden Brayley joined the show, so oh. it was a, a Newcastle Knights fest. Uh, all those Newcastle nuffies getting together—that's fantastic. Uh, yes, and a big reminder: get involved in today's show. There's obviously those numbers, but also on socials at Joel Fletch. S-E-N. Make sure you follow us now. We have a real treat this afternoon. Um, making his well as his debut with me. Um, we used to work together at Fox back in the day. Um, a um, is it an is it a Premier League title? Just not. Just not. Yep. A man who has won a Premier League title. He's one of uh, Australia's greatest ever soccerers, greatest ever football correspondents. Please welcome Robbie Slater. Oh, that's such a beautiful welcome. Yeah, look, uh, I like the way you put it, Professor, that uh, you're underprepared. So what do you do? You bring someone who's worse prepared. Um, it's perfect. So we can be underprepared together. Absolutely. So, But uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I hope for the listeners and for everyone here, Mark, you included, that uh, we will get through it. Lots of sport to talk Lots about, Lots of sport, Robbie, massive. This time of year. And you are a bit of a sport nut, correct? Yep, definitely. Love my NRL. Looking forward to Vegas. Watch the cricket. Bit of the heat last night. Another win for them. So, yeah, I'm... Like a typical Aussie, mate. Grew up with the War Twins, uh, yeah. you know, Tugger and Junior. So, look, I'm, I'm, I love all the sports, mate. Were they mates when they were younger, Tugger and Junior? Ah, oh, now, now I could uh, <laughs> uh, divulge some secrets. Yeah, of course they were. Like, when we started, we were 13 years old. And by the time we played three years together, look, they were twins. They were brothers. They yeah. had their moments. Of course. You know? We all and, do with our brothers. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they wouldn't sit together in the, in the, in the back seat. I'd have to sit on one side and Mark would be in the front. And when it was my dad, dad's turn, you know, with carpooling, you know, they, they would never sit together, of course, and they'd moan a little bit at each other. But Mark was quite qu- quiet in those days. And um, I that think was that's... my brother calling. Oh, I thought that was... <laughs> yeah. that? He's listening. Um, um, he's how, amazing, listening. how amazing is that backseat row of a car? That, that was yeah. It was... Uh, soccer and two Australian that, cricketers. That's right. So... You know, and we grew up and 
you know, we spent a lot of time playing backyard cricket, which I'd like to say I was better than them at, but that'd be a lie. Um, I'm going to lie a lot today. Just do but it, not, Just not yet. That's what I do, mate. But, um, mate, it was, it was extraordinary. They were very good footballers, soccer players, as we were called in those days. But we were, we were a minority. We actually used to tell each other to not tell too many people what we were doing. Because uh, we were at a select club. It was a club called Auburn. We were from Pitney Point. Uh, their address was actually Panania, just up the road. But because in those days, yeah, my mates didn't even know I played soccer. Really? They didn't know. Was it really that it, it, Not that it was that bad, but it was, yeah, like, you know, Johnny Warren, God bless him. Um, we miss him and, and Les Murray, and there's more of them we miss uh, in, a, in soccer. But he wrote a book called Sheila's Bogs and Poofters. Yeah. Now, I'm not divulging to you guys which one of those I am, but um, that's what you were considered when you yeah. played soccer. That's that's just the way it was. And, uh, you know, I went to the rugby league, but playing soccer, I'd disappear on a Saturday, come back Saturday afternoon with my mates down in the bush, and, and they wouldn't even ask me where I've been, and I wouldn't tell them. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's trying to hit, hidden I remember, soccer. I remember when what, my best two mates came and watched me play a game, right? And it was under 16s, and they were surfers, right? They loved their surf. And, and anyway, there were, <laughs> were guys from... Pitney Point, you know, yeah. George's River. Mm. Anyway, they sat on the hill in this game, and I scored three goals in this game. And they had a couple of joints on the hill, I think, watching me. <laughs> I hope I can say that. Go for it. It was a long Robbie. time ago. And I remember on the way back, in the, and my dad was looking at me, and he's looking at them and thinking, they look a bit, you know, their eyes were like yeah. half shut. And they go, they called me Bob in those days. Uh, they went, wow, Bob. You're pretty good at this soccer thing, <laughs> and they started laughing in the back seat, and that's how they found out. And, Amazing. Uh, so, yeah. how did you go from playing for those teams in Auburn? Yeah, extraordinary. I don't know. So you don't. How did you get to the UK? Mate, I never made a rep team when I was a kid. Bankstown Reps, it was called. So that's equivalent. Like I'm from the North Shore. It's Manly over there, yep. and then you got Sutherland Shore, and all those rep teams. Hmm. Uh, uh, I never made Bankstown Reps. Uh, look, I red hair. And there's reasons why I made it. Red hair and freckles was a goer because the girls hate, didn't like me. I thought you were going to say you'd be suited. Yeah, so therefore I could concentrate on my soccer. Of course, yeah. Um, and I don't remember ever being down about it. And I, my dad was brilliant. He never made an issue I can remember because, of course, he was the dad that drove everywhere, as all dads do. And he never really sort of focused on it. But I remember being disappointed all the time at – trials you know, I'd be always the guy that didn't get in and and to be fair it just drove me I think that uh, but to to be fair to go from where I grew up soccer was not much I mean a lot of kids still played it but to end up going I'm very lucky and it, it's very improbable that someone from where I grew up was to one day learn France play in France learn yeah. French um, get married to a French woman, play in the Premier League, win the Premier League, play for the Socceroos, divorce the French wife, get married to an Indonesian girl, get divorced twice, having drove, I told you this before the show, yeah. 911 Turbo, I used to drive a beautiful car, beautiful car, Mark, and now I drove a Toyota Kluger. Now, there's nothing wrong with a Toyota. It's actually the best car I've ever had. But, yeah, it's been a long a road. And you know what? Kenny Dalglish at Blackburn Rovers, where I won the title, with Alan Shearer and a host of fantastic players. I was so lucky to be there that year. He, he once said to me, uh, he, I was on the bench for a game and I'd played the game and I, so I just went to his office to ask why. And he said, look, Robbie he said, da, 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 we're trying to do this. It's hard to keep everyone in the squad happy when we're winning. And he said, mate, 
don't look in the rear vision mirror. What's happened's happened. You can't change it. It's in the rear vision mirror. Only look forward. And it's a simple thing, but I think it's uh, it was uh, something I certainly carried with me. Absolutely. So did you get scouted? Did somebody come yes, out? Yes, 88 Olympics in Seoul. Ah. ah. So you first of all got picked for? Played for the Socceroos. Socceroos. Yeah. Yep. And so was that through, because what was your NSL team? My NSL teams were St. George first with, he's passed away now, God bless him, Frank Arrock, who was the coach at the time, and he was coach of St. George. Then I went to, believe it or not, Blacktown City for one year and then Sydney, Croatia, as they were called, Sydney United today. That's right, yes. I went there and I went to the Olympics in 88. Uh, just before that, we played Argentina and Brazil in, a, in 1988 in a competition called uh, the Gold Cup. And I was actually a sub for the Socceroos, but I came on and made a real impact in the final against Brazil. And that vision of that and... What I did at the Olympics, which again was as a substitute, yeah. got Three an agent in, in Belgium, Eddie Krunchevich, a famous Australian player. Uh, it was his agent. He helped me. Uh, and I went to Underlicht in Belgium was my first club where I had the worst year. Yeah, right. Oh, mate, wanted to come home? Year. I wanted to come home, but I refused to. It was the red-headed kid getting rejected again. <laughs> so when I got to Underlicht, I was soon told that we've only bought you to sell you. You probably won't play too many games because we can only play two foreigners and we've got eight. And so that was a really good start. I had a a relationship, a girl who wouldn't come and join me. So I blew all my money. Um, I ended up playing in the reserves. I lived in an apartment, which was right next to the equivalent of Central Station. So every time a train went past, the chandeliers would rattle. Yeah, right. Uh, I got to such a stage, dead set. And by then I was was an international. I'd played, you know, but I was sitting in this apartment in in a very dodgy part of Brussels. uh, And I I would go down every night for a period and buy a six pack of, of, uh, they're called 1664s, says Swash on Cat. Oh, yes, I know. The old 1664s, like Cronenberg. Yes. And I would have to drink them to go to sleep. How old were you when you were in Belgium? No, no, I was, uh, like I said, I was an international, so I was 22. 22? 22, 23. Yeah, right. And then where did you go from Belgium? Did you get sold? I went to AA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so AA, no, no, I didn't. Then AA. AA. No, of course. No. I, I, I went to GA, Graham Arnold, my best friend. Right. I spoke to him on the phone and I said, oh, mate, this isn't this. And he said, you can't come back. And you know what? There was part of me that I was going to come back and I thought, everyone's going to go, I told you so. You know that tall poppy thing where, yeah. oh, he's going. Actually, I've got a good story from Ivan, who was, when I was at Sydney Croatia with Mark, I'm playing my last game for Sydney Croatia, where I've been and still am, you know, was well thought of. And um, anyway, I'm driving in. And I said to Ivan, I said, oh, mate, it's my last match today. And he goes, well, four Slater. I said, oh, mate, I've signed for a club in Belgium. And he laughed. He went, why are you going there, mate? You're not bloody good enough, mate. You're not good enough. And I went, oh, thanks, Ivan. And he said, you'll be back soon, Slater. And Uh, I drove anyway, I played my last. He was a great guy. But he just said it. And I remember that kind of thing was the thing I thought about. I said, no, I've got to dig in here. And how I got to Lons in France we don't have enough time for me to tell you. Okay, right. Because it's an extraordinary story. Do you, well, hey, we've got all we've got three hours. <laughs> Do you want to? Okay, yeah, so go on. Let's hear it. This is fascinating. Okay, so from there, I'm at the lowest point. My manager, Vladi Pavkovic, um, he, I, I go, Eddie Krunchevich, who I'm 
Kronchevich I met. Now, soccer fans would know who he is, a legend in Australian soccer. He was going on holiday. Uh, my girlfriend eventually came. Uh, I paid for it, of course. And she brought a sister, which I paid for, of right. course. Oh, there you go. So they arrived, and we were staying in the same apartment. Uh, no, no, this is going forward a bit. So they arrive a little bit late. So first, anyway, they arrive. We go on holidays to Croatia. Nice. Zagreb, Mostar. We went through Belgrade in Milan, uh, Milan Jankovic, who lives in Cairns today, I believe, and married my girlfriend at that time's sister. Right, yes. Confused life. <laughs> and anyway, we, we went there and we were on holidays. Um, three players, me, Milan Jankovic, and Eddie Kruncevic and his wife, beautiful wife. Um, anyway, holidays going to go now. I think two weeks into the holiday after many beers and me, many probably conversations thinking, am I going to stay at Underlect? Am I, I had another year to go, which yep. was not an option. And uh, Vladi Pavkovic calls up. And says, uh, I've got a trial for you next week at a club called Lons in France. They're in the second division at the moment. They want to go back up. They're a massive club in France. And I said, buddy, next week I haven't trained for, for a month. I've been on the beers. I've been, you know, I'm on holidays and da 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 da. And I said, mate, I, I can't do that. And he was trying to convince. Anyway, put the phone down. Anyway, now later, I've gone down into the lobby to go out towards the pool. Eddie Crunchvich comes up. He grabs me around the throat. Yeah, he right. grabs me, and he's a tall guy, yeah. here, and I worshipped him. He was an experienced player. He had respect. Yeah. And he grabbed me, and he said, you are effing getting – you're going back, yeah. and you're going to go and play that trial because it was a trial game. Yeah. I was going to play for Longs. And how, I said, but how am I going to get there? And suddenly I'm depressing. How am I going to get there? You're going to take Milan's car that we drove we, – because we drove from Belgium all the so way to Croatia. To Croatia. Yeah, wow. And, but it took us four days. You know, we stopped at the yeah. hotel. We stopped in uh, Austria. What's the capital of Austria? Salzburg. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped there. We stopped in Vojvodina in Yugoslavia. Um, anyway, so, no, he says, you're going. So the next morning, I pack up my stuff. I get jump in the Mercedes and I drive back on my own. And the trial was, no, I waited two days. The trial was in three. When I got back, it was in two days' time. Yeah. So I had to drive back. And I drove straight. I didn't. I only you stopped for, three for petrol. Days straight. No, no, it took a day. A day. So, it's, wow. so basically, it took eighteen hours. Yeah. Because you had to go up through the course, mountains yeah. of, uh, and over the mountains, you know, where Croatia and then Austria yeah. and Yugoslavia. Sorry, up near. Uh, Get the map out, Mark. No, 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 no. I know. Anyway, you drive through Germany, and I, that's so. It was an eighteen-hour drive. I nearly killed, mate, going up the, the, the Croatian coast from Split up towards Rijeka was right on the, and it was the cliffs. Yeah. So you're on this, now, two lanes, this narrow road that winds, and if you go that way, you're I, I thought I was going to die. It was raining, mate, the cars were coming, and I just had no confidence. Anyway, I eventually arrive in Belgium. Um, I get a night's sleep. And then I've got the next day, I went for a bit of a run, and I think I had a beer that night. And um, Vladi picks me up the next day, and we drive down to Lons. It was a public holiday. I'll, I'll never forget it. It was a Monday, a public holiday in France. We drove into Lons, which was a shit tip. I mean, it was horrible. And God bless him. It became, it's my second home now. Yeah. I'm still best friends with my first ex-wife's uh, parents, who were my in-laws. So I've divorced two lots of in-laws. <laughs> um, but anyway, we get to Lyons and we're driving. I'm looking at Vladi. I'm going, mate, 
I'm not playing here. Yeah. That's it. We pulled into this coffee coffee shop. It was the only one opened opposite the Lagar, which is the railway station. Mm-hmm. I had a real thing for railway stations in Europe, <laughs> my early days. Anyway, we walked in and, mate, there was two drunks, I think, and us. And we ordered, ordered the coffee because we were a bit early to meet the guy at the stadium, which hadn't been there yet. And these two guys broke into a fight and I'm looking at them going, mate, seriously, there was no one. Anyway, and it's a small town. Yeah. There's only 30,000 people. Oh, wow. So then we drove to the stadium and this is where my life changed. Life changed. We drove down. So we drive down. I remember past the gar and we about a kilometer down the road through the town and there's no one in it and it was quite small and... You know, it was a coal mining town. That that was the history. The slag heaps on your way in. Yeah, that, right. That's what wow. we saw driving in. Yeah. Um, anyway, we go through this little forested bit, and it's a laneway, and, and all of a sudden, out of the bushes and out of the forest, there was this massive stadium. And I looked at it, and I went, looked at Vladi, and I went, wow. So why and is there this massive stadium in this The stadium town? holds more people than the, the, than the town in there. does. It's, it's famous for it. <laughs> yeah, right. So they come from all the little towns around yeah. Blonde. It's about, it's about um, 15 k's from Lille, which is the major city in the north of France, the Nord-Pas-de-Calais. And um, anyway, there's this big stadium. I'm going, wow. And it just felt like something. And anyway, this guy called Stops, who I found out right, it was the technical director, sporting director. And he was speaking French to my agent, of course, and I didn't learn France. I didn't learn French in Belgium as I should have because I was too busy drinking frigging six-packs and trying to get to sleep with the chandeliers shaking and waiting for my girlfriend. Um, anyway, so Monsieur Lamarche, Jean-Luc Lamarche, his name was, had changed my life. And anyway, the game wasn't at that, but he started talking. He went up to me. I said, no, I'm just going to go for a walk. And I did said walked. And I went and I went into the stadium and I walked up into the tribune yeah. and into the stands and empty completely but eerie. And I'm getting I can feel it now. Yeah. I'm getting um I don't know if it's emotional, but goosebumps is I stood there on my own in front of this fifty thousand, that's how many it held, fifty five thousand. And I just went, I can I'm gonna play here. I said to myself, Yeah, wow. I just said, I'm gonna play here. I just got this feeling. Anyway, we went back down and we left the game. The trial was not at that ground, at Stade Bollard. Um, and it's a famous stadium. It hosted the World Cup in 98. It hosted, I actually watched England and Colombia at that, at that venue, uh, which another story we'll tell uh, later <laughs> is the 97 Iran, Iran, Iran draw, which led to, you know, I was supposed draw. to finish in France in 98 at the World Cup. But anyway, we drive out. Into the country. We must have drove 30 minutes in Jean-Luc Lamarck's. No, we were following him in his car. And I was still, you know, buzzing about the, the stadium. And I, Anyway, we get to this little ground and we're, we're playing a team called Ramps, which is famous for Champagne. But they are a famous team as well, football team mm. uh, in France. And I, I'd never heard of them. Uh, but they were, in, they were the best team in the second division, right. apparently. But I didn't know that. So we were playing them and I met... There was one guy, Jean-Guy Volem, who was my best man at my first wedding. Oh, wow. Um, I met for the first time, and he's the only one that spoke a little bit of English. And you're talking little. And um, he just went, hi. And I said, ah, oh, hi, Jean-Guy. And I said, yeah. He said, I said, Robbie. And he he laughed, Robbie Kangaroo. I thought, <laughs> well, that's, that's original. That's a good start, isn't it? He's heard an Aussie come. Anyway, this game played... We beat them 6-0, 
I scored three goals oh, wow. and assisted two and because – but the, the one thing that was there, there was about 4,000 mad lawn supporters. In, and it's called Blood and Gold, their colours in, in France. They're famous, Blood and Gold. It's Saint-Yor, which is you – know, it's basically yellow and red, which with my red hair, Mark, can I tell you, didn't really suit me that well, the strip. But all these fans were there with flags and, it, like I said, this tiny stadium for this trial – which was a friendly match, which I knew. Anyway, I just played with, I just played free. I just went out there and I enjoyed myself and I managed to score three goals. I never scored three goals again for the club, by the way. Um, and I remember at the end of the game, the, the president, who was well-dressed, he had a suit and tie on, very galois. And President Gervie Martel is a good friend of mine till this day, but I didn't know him, but he looked really special. And he come down and he shook my hand and he, he said in perfect English, I want to sign you for loans. You will come and play here. And I looked him in the eye. That's the last bit of French I ever, uh, English I ever heard him say. He couldn't speak English. So I don't even know how he said that phrase. (laughs) And I met the coach, Arnold de Santos. Uh, Anyway, the unlikely, how I arrived at that point, being on holiday in Croatia, just a one-off game where I could have played terrible. This could have happened or that. But three I was goals. done that day. So three days later, I signed for Lons. Um, and I, I had to go pre-season. I never went back to Croatia. There wasn't time. I basically had to pack up in Belgium. I had a week and I was down and doing pre-season training. And there's a host of other stories. But We're going to hold it right there. We're in Lons and you've just started. But we're going to take a <laughs> quick break. This is amazing, Robbie. And people are loving it. You've got uh, loving it, Robbie. Great yarns. Um, I don't even know what helps when it's one of your favorite topics. From uh, Skip in Robertson. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't fair, even know what that is. Um, we will take a quick break. You are on the Summer Run Home this afternoon with the Professor and Robbie Slater. Yes, you're on the Summer Run Home this afternoon. It is the Prof and Robbie Slater. Um, we are digging deep into the the Robbie Slater archives. Uh, fascinating. I didn't know all this stuff. We're going to get deeper into it after the news. We've got a cracking show this afternoon. We've got Sydney FC's Ryan Grant. He'll be joining us, an SEN favourite. Uh, SEN track analyst, Gareth Hall, he'll be joining us. I think Magic Millions is on this week. Is that right, mate? Big thumbs yes, up there yes, from yes. Mark. And Shawnee Omarot from Sportsbet for a market update. Shawnee's off holidays, is he? Yeah. Uh, it'll be good to catch up with him. You are on the summer run home. Time for the news. We'll be back with more. Yes, you're on the summer run home. That's the prof and Robbie Slater in this afternoon. We're having a cracking time. Um, time now, uh, Robbie, to uh, chat to, well... He's a dear friend of the show. I'm sure you've heard a lot from this man. Uh, it's time now for a sports bet market update with Shawnee Omerod. Mate, he's a legend. Hello, Shawnee. Are you there? G'day, boys. You, would, you wouldn't believe it. I'm literally just got back from Dan <laughs> Murphy's. I'm carrying a six-pack of 1664s. I've just on the top of one. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to sit back and listen to the great man's stories all afternoon. It feels like I'm backpacking across Europe. Just I'm just going to close my eyes. And listen to you keep talking, Robert. That's a great story, and hopefully there's a few more up your sleeve. Oh, Shawnee, I'm, this is the next two and a half hours. We're settling in to hear <laughs> the Robbie Slater story. It's fascinating. How mate, are you, mate, by the way? You good? I'm very good. I did hear another little Sean's back off holidays gag from you. Mate, Prophets. you're never been in. a bit of a scene the last year, uh, the last few weeks, sorry. I'm not sure what's going on there. Mate, yes, every time I come in, I, I get excited. I get to have a chat <laughs> to my old mate, Shawnee. They go, no, no, Sean's not here. You're talking to someone else. Well, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> Um, how was Christmas, New Year, all that stuff, all good? 
Yeah, it was good. Good enough. First half was a bit stressful. Had the family stuff. And then uh, the back half, it was just me and the wife were able to just sort of lock the door after all the family left. It was just us two, oh, yeah. which was nice and relaxing. Oh, yeah. we're, we're back at it now, Prof. But oh. as always, work smarter, not harder. It's my mantra. Oh, mate. Wait, you're one of the greats at it, to be honest. I've seen many, but you are <laughs> one of the greats. Hey, uh, lots of sport, as always. Um, should we start with the Asian Cup? We've got the first game mm-hmm. coming up. We do. Yeah, so this is Saturday night, uh, our time. The Aussies, what about this? You can get 6% off the bank at the moment. The Aussies, were are $1.05, so you're not getting much off sports bet no, uh, for, no. for us to win this one. Caveat, it is against India, not known for their sort of uh, footballing prowess. So I'm tipping we uh, we should be off to a winning start. We've got all the... Um, we've got Robbie's a nice nodding in here, built. Shawnee. Robbie's yeah, throwing big, a couple of... <laughs> Mate, go for yeah. over two and a half goals. No, over three... No. India over three and a half goals. Mitch Duke to score. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like it. Well, just just on uh, that man you mentioned, Mitchell Duke. So we've got a little hub, the Australian uh, Asian Cup Outrights Hub. He's actually our favourite to top score for the Aussies in the tournament. He's even money, so pretty short uh, to take out that honour. Craig Goodwin is next in line at three dollars sixty. But all the markets and more. We're still seven dollars fifty. Uh, to go the whole way. Japan uh, favourites, $3.25. Then we got South Korea at four uh, bucks and Iran at $6.50. So pretty tight at the top of the market there, um, but expecting a big showing from the Aussies. Are they bang on? Robbie, are you thinking Japan? Yeah, look, I think South Korea are, uh, Prime. are standouts, mate. They've got the best player at the tournament in Son Hung Min. They've got, and people don't realise that, you know, he, Chen Wang, is at Wolves. He scored 10 goals. He's having a breakout season. Kim Min Jae is, is the best defender at the tournament, and he plays for Bayern Munich. Yeah, right. So they've got class players. Japan have as well. They've got three in the, in the Premier League. You've got Matoma from Brighton. You've got Miriasu from – he's a defender from Arsenal. And, of course, Hakimi Endo from Liverpool. So the thing with the Asian Cup, and, Sean, you would know this, is that – Unlike the other cups, as in World Cups or the Common Bowl, which is the South American equivalent, the European Championships, and even the African Cup of Nations, which is on now, is the Asian Cup has six or seven teams that stand out well above. There's not going to be any any upsets. I don't think there'll be any absolute upsets. The major teams, Japan, South Korea, Australia, Iran, Saudi, Qatar, I think uh, they won the last one. Uh, and they had a disappointing World Cup. They're the host, so I think they're in there. And then at a stretch, you've got the UAE. From that below, it's very poor. It's a question, really, of how many goals these big teams are going to going to put against them. So always look at you know the, the the lots of goals markets and probably you know the likes of India not to score if you're thinking about that kind of thing. Um, but then it gets interesting. Round of sixteen, right. quarterfinals. Once it gets into there. Yeah, very good. Um, can you bet on yeah, India not to score, see. Sean? I'm sure you can. You can bet on. Uh, you can bet on everything. Just jump on the app. I'm sure it's there. But you just mentioned. Mate, can on, bet on, on, back, we can bet on, mate. You, you getting out of there with you says what's on cat, mate. <laughs> Next, <laughs> you can see from the first round uh, matches that are that are up and available for betting. It's very very short price, as you said, Robbie. Aussies obviously dollar eight five, as I mentioned, but the likes of Qatar, they're a dollar twenty five. Uh, Japan, they're a dollar four, so even shorter. So those big big nations at the top of the betting facing those sort of, for want of a better term, the minnows, I guess you'd say, those that have really got no hope. They're, uh, it's pretty lopsided, so maybe one for the Maltese early doors, and then we start to uh, ramp things up in the round of 16, as you said. All right, very good. Now, uh, Aussie Open Tennis, that's that gets underway on Monday. Uh, Rafa, gone? Yeah. Does that gone, do anything to the market? Does he still shift the market, or is he a bit past that? 
Yeah, there was a little shake-up the other day where there has been a move, though, for the uh, the Demon, uh, the great Aussie hope, oh, Alex yeah. Demon. He was 41 yesterday, now he's $23 off just an absolute avalanche of money. All the Aussie uh, patriotic money is definitely behind him. Novak's had a little drift. He was $1.90 yesterday, out to $2. So he's drawn. The draw was today. We're still waiting on a few qualifiers and whatnot for all the round one matches are up. But as far as the outrides are concerned, he is going to have to, lot more than likely, um, beat Yannick Sinner. Uh, along the way, and Carlos Alcaraz. So Yannick Sinner is on his side of the door. So um, he's the third favourite, seven dollars fifty. So a little bit tough for Novak, hence that little drift. And Alcaraz has firmed up a very slight touch as well in four dollars twenty. So probably looks a, a bit of a racing three on the men's side of things. The ladies, as always, are pretty wide open. Spiontek is the favourite, three dollars twenty. Then we've got Savalenki, four dollars fifty. Rabakina, five fifty. Rounded out by uh, by Goff at six dollars fifty. The only other one for single figures. So. Uh, all happening down there in uh, Mexico for the Aussie Open. Very good. Did you get to your tennis, Robbie? Do you partake Yeah, I'll be watching Alex Demina. How good's he been yeah, going? Good. Broken he's into good. the top ten, and yeah, look, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm of that sort of era that I, I grew up with McEnroe and all those kind of characters. Jimmy Connors, even maybe not that far back. Um, yeah, Bjorn Borg, Boris Becker, and right through to you know everyone loved. Roger. Yeah. Roger Federer. Good story about Roger Federer just quickly. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Scott Chipperfield, very famous socceroo. Uh, I think he's living in Switzerland now, but um, he played for Wollongong. The Wollongong Wolves in the old NSL uh, was one of uh, surprise picks at the 2006 World Cup, which was, you know, Harry Kuehl, Johnny Lewis, all that, all the superstars, mm. Vadukas and etc. And Scotty Chipperfield played left back for a, for a lot of years, probably our best ever left full back. Anyway. Played in Switzerland. He's very famous in Switzerland. I think he's living there now. I think his son's a gun player. Anyway, Scott Chipperfield, after a game, was in the change rooms uh, at his team. I think it was Basel, um, which is a famous club in Switzerland. And in came Roger Federer. Yeah, wow. Walked in, you know, at the height of, you know, number one in the world. Yeah. And Chipper said, like, wow, Roger Federer. And Roger Federer walked over to Scott Chipperfield and asked him, could he have his shirt? Scott Chipperfield yeah, was Roger wow. Federer's famous soccer, uh, favourite soccer player. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So, is he married to a Swiss lady? Is he? Because uh, I know there are those passports. Chippers is a great story, mate. He started off as a bus driver in, in Wollongong. And it's brilliant. And Roger Federer's favourite tennis favorite, favorite soccer favorite player. soccer player. That's a dead set true story. It's an amazing thing, and his career was fantastic. What he did, played many many times for the Socceroos and. I'm not sure if his wife, his wife may well be because a lot of us that went, the one thing you don't realize when you're a kid, and I wasn't a kid, I was 21, 22, but still, I was still, you know, actually when you get to my age, you still are a kid That's at right. that age. Absolutely. And when you go and you get on that plane and you, you don't sort of, it doesn't sink in it. And I tell kids now, and I try to tell them, I said, when you go, you're not coming back. If you're going to be successful, that's you That's done it. for 10, 11, 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15 years. In my case, it was 12 years. So when, um, you know, we go and those pioneers and even the players, that even today, if you, you know, if you're going as a, a young player you, and you make it, you're going to live in, in all reality, your family are going to come from there. You, if you play in France or in the case Chippers, and I think Chippers, I think did marry uh, a Swiss lady, a Swiss lady yeah. as I married a French lady yeah. when I was in Lens. And that's just the way life goes. And not bad a, joints to live, just quietly. Not Swiss bad joints to live, but you know, 
there is a sacrifice, and I had to leave, and this is not a pop at all, but it was a rugby league player. I can't remember his name, but he was depressed. And we know about mental illness and all that, and it's a serious thing. But it sort of made me laugh because he was, he was down because he, I think he was leaving a Sydney club. It might have been or somewhere, but he had to move to Brisbane. And he couldn't get it in his head that he's going to move to Brisbane. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Hang on a second. Soccer players, you've got to move to the other yeah, side of the world. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's the way it is. Yeah. So Apparently his missus is an Aussie. All uh, right. We've got somebody just texted in. Well, uh, apologies to Mrs. Chipperfield. And she plays bowls. Chipperfield, ah. oh, Chipperfield, he's now living in Wollongong we've got here. Is that oh, right? Yeah. So he he's back between, in Wollongong. Maybe. So I think he goes maybe. back and forth. He does. Yeah. I mean, what if he's, got? he's a top bloke. Top bloke. Wonderful. Uh, Shawnee, are you still there, mate? Yeah, I'm still here, boys. Just had to duck off and get out of Cronenberg out of the fridge, but I'm still. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> very, very good. Hey, uh, BBL action continues uh, tonight. Does. Obviously, Hurricanes taking on the Strikers. Who do you like in that yep. contest? Yeah, they played each other only a couple of nights ago, I believe. The Strikers here are just uh, edging in front in the market. Dollar eighty-one uh, versus the Hurricanes, even money. But the big one is tomorrow night, boys. The, uh, what do they call the Sydney, the Sydney Derby? And this one, the smash. smash or something. Yeah. The Smash, is it? The Smash um, Up. Sixes and the Thunder. Yeah, what about the great friend of the show, Prof, obviously, uh, the great Sock. There isn't a news camera that he hasn't found uh, this week. Uh, every time I turn on the TV, Sock's head is on it. Uh, so looking forward to him. You know, they used to, they, used to, they used to keep him away from the cameras because every time he'd go <laughs> on there, he'd say the wrong. I think after he... Thanks to us. Thanks to all the media you training think? here. No, mate. He was always very good sock. Yeah, he was. I think it was after he called Mark McGowan a clown or something. Or <laughs> he said he never want, you know, he, he gave it to Perth or whatever it was. Like, that's good to yeah. hear that he's back out front and centre. Very, very good. Yeah, they've unleashed him. They've unleashed him. It's their favourite, $1.71, Thunder, $2.14. And the big mystery, how is David Warner getting to the game? If anyone knows, please text in uh, the show and let me know. But looking forward to that. Well, the, the helicopter was the chat yesterday, wasn't it, Mark? I'm going to text he... Candice right now. Yeah, yeah. Find out. Ask her. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I work you know, with her on the back page, of course. So, um, yeah, let's try and find out. Huh? Surely, surely it's the chopper. Maybe it's a seaplane. Is there anywhere to land it there? Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Shawnee, thank you very much. Good to chat Thanks, to you. Um, enjoy those Cronenbergs. Will do, chat For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yes, welcome back to the summer run home thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. Um, lots of text coming in here, Robbie. People are enjoying Hang the... Hang on, Professor. Uh, yeah, talk to me. Say that again, what you just said. What you just said. The Hyundai 2023... It's just beautiful. Thank you, mate. I was sponsored by Hyundai for 15 years. Really? Yeah, and... Their greatest bugbear was that people couldn't pronounce. Well, I used that. to get it very Did wrong. You used to say Hyundai. Oh, yeah, and I was. And there's a famous commentator in this country who worked with me. He's a great guy. But he couldn't get. Is this Bozza? wasn't. <laughs> although Bozza would be a candidate, but I think Hyundai had gone by, by the time Bozza had come on. But they used to say to me every time, can you please tell him that it's Hyundai? Think Sunday. Yes. Hyundai. Yes. And. Anyway, well, well done. Thank you. Well, I, I had an intensive training camp. Um, yeah. I was, they basically strapped me down to a seat and um, shouted it at me until, yes. Well, I can tell you half of the sales team just looked over the window and just applauding. Oh, really? Yes, applauding because they know. Because I was a work in progress, Robbie. And <laughs> I, but I, they do hate it, genuinely. I mean, CEOs it. and they, 
the Hyundai ch- changed their CEOs every three or four years. It's just what they do. And mate, yeah, you know what's odd? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just hired a car in Palm Cove in Queensland. Beautiful spot. By Beautiful way. spot. Yeah, and I've we hired there. a Hyundai SUV. I'm not even joking. Yeah. And it was brilliant car. My wife and I. Santa Fe. It, I think it was a Santa Highlander. Fe. One of them. I don't know. We Palisade, absolutely Tucson. bloody. Sorry, Palisade. The two. I should be getting cash for comment. Yeah. Here. Well. It's a great if I car. Buy one of these. Can I get a discount? Can you, is the sales team still out there, mate? I drove. I drove a Santa. Oh, okay. Fe, I drove a Santa Fe Highlander Hyundai for the whole time. Because when the A League started, it was the Hyundai A League. Of course. And I became a, an ambassador for Hyundai, and basically, they gave you know I got a free car every ten thousand k's, uh, and it was it was great and. It's funny how people look at certain things, though, and just going off on a tangent. I remember when Hyundai finished with the A-League and became a, I think it's the Isuzu now, isn't it? Ute. Mm. Um, But obviously my ambassadorship with Hyundai ended because it's no longer the Hyundai A-League. And I remember some, you know, people I knew or might even be mates going, oh, mate, you must be really disappointed that, uh, you know, you're not going to get a car anymore. And I went, well, you know, there isn't another way to look at it. I did get a free one for yeah. for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty good wicket. And people, it's funny how people look at different different ways, different things. So yeah. Anyway, Hyundai. We, we got to take a break here. We just talked about breaks. a Hyundai for mate. I want a, I want another Hyundai. <laughs> Robbie, thoughts on Connor Bradley this morning? There's a text for Liverpool. Showed plenty of promise. Yeah, he certainly did. And a couple of youngsters playing there, and yeah, a lot of promise. So they looked a bit dodgy for a while. They were one nil down going into the last quarter of the game and and I thought he was uh he made a great a great uh a great debut. Very good. All right, hey if you want to send a text in, you've got a question for Robbie, uh 736 or give us a call, one 1170 You are on the summer run home with the prof and Robbie Slater. Yes, you're on the summer run home this afternoon. Jeez, we're having some fun. You've got the prof and Robbie Slater. If you want to get involved, 0457 736 736 at the text line or call us one three hundred. Zero one eleven seventy. Uh, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL live on ESPN. Available via KO and Foxtel, and Sundays via Ten Peach and Ten Play. I love my basketball, Robbie. I'm Great. Oh, good Do you sport. know what? How big has it become here? Do you know what? Before you talk about, because I know you're passionate about it, I will liken. So if we go back, I'd say seven or eight years to the hate when the A League was flying, Del Piero, Heskey. Shinji Ono, mate, it, the ratings were great. We were cool. Basketball was in disarray. The other way. They were yeah. going the other way. They actually left where I was at and they went into limbo. And now if you go eight years forward, it's like the roles are reversed. I've got a couple of stats for you, Robbie. One, it's the highest partici- participation rate for households now. So 62% of households have a kid that plays mini ball or basketball. Mate, and the other one I've is... I've got a 12-year-old. What do you think he plays? Yeah, of course. He's a footballer, but in his spare time, him and all his mates are playing basketball. They've all got a basketball hoop out the mm. front. I don't know how many they sold at Christmas, but I reckon whoever's <laughs> got that business has made a fortune in oh, the last absolutely. two years. And it's cool. It's, well, you it's know, it's cool the, in the school. sport also where the, the crowd is increasing. So in the last 10 100%. years... All other sports are declining. Basketball's increasing. That's where I said soccer and basketball. Yeah. Sliding doors. Absolutely. Now, hey, we, uh, we're on for another couple of hours here, Robbie. Uh, next after us tonight, we've got uh, Sports Day with Jason Matthews and Scott Sattler. Um, lots to go in this show. Uh, I want to get into what 
into more lawns. I want to hear more about France. You're French. We'll be back right after this.